0: Politics without the soap opera, with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel worlds And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property, and all that matters. Without those crazy distractions, and I do apologize today if my voice is a little bit off kilter. Um, I got a pretty bad cold, so I'll be sniffling and coughing and. Maybe occasionally will sound like Bruce Jenner, but uh, know that I have not gotten a sex change operation yet. Although, it looks like the Republican Party really has become the party of Bruce Jenner. Uh, MAGA, I guess, means uh, make America gay again. And, you know, there's, there's too much to talk about today to fit in in the amount of time that my voice will permit. But try we must. And... As grating as my voice will be today, uh, I'll make up for it, God willing, in content. Let me make something very clear. The problem with the Republican Party is not Rona McDaniel. The problem with the Republican Party is the Republican Party. Systemically up and down in all 50 states, up and down the ballot, but certainly if you want to pin it on one person most reflected in the lord savior himself now i had the intent after the primary of not focusing on the lord savior you know it's funny uh you're you're never allowed to mention associate anything bad with him even when he himself screws us on a major issue so if you remember back during covid we used to use the term magic juice on twitter for, for the COVID shot because he couldn't talk about it without being uh, canceled. <laughs> so maybe we'll call him the magic orange. Okay, how about that? The magic orange. So you're going to hear among my colleagues, focus probably on one of three items today, or all three. Rona McDaniel steps down as RNC chair. Oh, who should be RNC chair? Oh, this is so important. You'll hear news about the Mayorkas vote for impeachment going down in the House. And you'll hear hear everyone laughing about Nikki Haley losing to, uh, you know, none of the above on the primary ballot for Nevada. But in fact, as they laugh or lament or focus on those three stories, they are not the stories because those are downstream from, from what the big story, and several other stories that you won't hear elsewhere are. Because the bottom line is, let's take them one by one. As it relates to Rona McDaniel, she is a reflection of the party. She is a reflection of Trump. She is there and has been there only because of Trump. It's amazing how people are like, yeah, this is great. She's leaving. Well, didn't you know that the man himself put her there? Obviously, she lost her use. And now they'll just get someone else to <clears throat> money launder things. Um, it, it's amazing. Some of the MAGA world is saying that Kevin McCarthy should be the RNC chair because he's good at raising money. Again, that, it, it's that sort of mentality of why we have not changed the party since 2016. And because of the distraction and the Trump endorsements turning crap into gold, that is why we've gone backwards. Then we have the focus on um, the Mayorkas vote. But that's a distraction because that was going nowhere anyway. And, and even the Langford bill, as I noted, has become a distraction. The Langford bill, in some respects, is really the embodiment of the opportunity versus the underperformance. Meaning you see when we actually get the MAGA movement focused on something, you get Trump and his orbit focused on taking down something, it works. But that's commensurately an indictment of the times that they don't get together and focus on what matters. And in this case, the Lankford bill was a straw man. Right now, we're being destroyed by the invasion. So this would have codified it even more. But the House never was going to take it up, nor should they have. They have the majority. It's so one thing they have trouble passing their own bills, but they shouldn't certainly should have the ability to block bad bills from the Senate that was never going anywhere. And Lankford himself is a straw man. Now everyone's against him. Oh yeah yeah, Lankford's terrible. Yeah. Because Lankford is up in 2028 and he was just renominated in 2022. But the ones that are up like Wicker, Barrasso and Kramer uh have Trump support. By the way, it's interesting It actually did finally percolate through the conservative media about Trump's endorsement of Lankford and Don Jr. got out there and all these guys got defensive about it and they said he never endorsed in the primary. And he's right. He actually didn't. It was in the general. But again, that's a self-indictment. So in every other case where he did endorse in the primary, which is almost every other rhino, deep state, red state, senator, governor, congressman, you name it, often against uh, Trump-supporting challengers. So that means that you're guilty as charged, the fact that you denied in this case. And also, there's a reason why Trump actually, it is true he didn't endorse in the primary, because Lankford said not nice things about Trump, not because of his views and he was working on amnesty, because that didn't stop him from endorsing John Hoven and people like that. But because truth be told, Lankford is more, he Lankford does have principles. They're just not our, our principles. And he kind of is more honest about it. Those are the guys that get picked on. But most, Lankford's kind of a straw man because he's a rare breed. Most of them are like Elise Stefanik. They got smart about it. Just kiss up to Trump and do the same thing. And then you're good to go. So the focus is not the Lankford bill or Lankford. The focus should be the Lankford-like senators who are to the left of him, like Roger Wicker, currently in cycle, and the focus on immigration, as we noted, and I'll keep hammering away at this, Republicans have three spheres of influence. They have half the governorships. They have the House, as narrow as it is, And they have, while they don't have a Senate majority, they have a strong filibuster-enabling minority. You need 41 to filibuster, they have 49. So they could still lose seven Republicans and still be able to filibuster, actually eight. So the focus should be not like, oh, at least we didn't pass an additional bad bill that Democrats never had leverage to pass anyway. It should be, We have have the March 1st deadline coming up. You see when Trump and his people focus on something, they get, more or less, get what they want. This is good. Why are they not beating the drum that House Republicans must not pass any budget bill that doesn't have H.R. 2 and that Senate Republicans who are now like walking away, yeah, we're not going to support this bill and we're not even going to vote on it. And McConnell's backing off of it. Yeah, of course they are. But how about they commit to filibustering and blocking any Schumer budget bill so that it gives the House leverage? And then concurrently, that all of these GOP governors, while that shutdown fight is happening, they go and there they do have control of all three branches in the red states. Criminalize illegal immigration within the state, cut off working, and all the things we talked about with Jessica Vaughn that states could be doing, instead, they just take photo ops. You see you see the game here? And then of course, there's Nikki Haley losing to nobody. Ha ha ha. Nikki Haley's losing. Yeah, she is. But down the ballot, all of the people who are to the left, often significantly to the left of Nikki Haley continue to win often with Trump's support so no it doesn't make a difference who you have as RNC chair because we have a systemic culture of Bruce Jenner within the Republican Party that it is nothing but a listless vessel they're bought out by the corporatists they always have been they always will be And the very conservative movement and MAGA movement that claims that they're coming after the fact to rectify the Uniparty, they're ultimately refueling it by empowering the ultimate Uniparty, the man who represents, for better or for worse, the party more than anyone. It's not McConnell. It's not McCarthy. It's not Lankford. It's not Ronan McDaniel. It's Donald J. Trump. I'm sorry. Magic Orange. It's the Magic Orange. Nothing more, nothing less. You can't go on eight years into this and be like, yeah, the establishment. I I mean, and then and then brag how you know he's got eighty percent support in the party, and you know he controls the RNC, and he controls the primary endorsements, and he's all powerful. Well, you can't have it both ways. Then it's his party, which it is. So then the problem is the magic orange, and that's what 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 I want to get to, which is the real story of the day, the biggest news story of the day. (coughs) That my colleagues will artfully and deviously and strategically avoid because the magic orange. But that is the embodiment of why the GOP is what it is, regardless of who you get in as the RNC chair and why it won't matter. Because the GOP and now the movement that was supposed to go up against the uniparty is subverted with degeneracy and distracted. Like I said, if you had a a budding, you know, you have a fake army with fake generals that that toss the fight to the opposing army all the time, and then you have a growing movement, this is over the tea party, of people within our ranks that wanna rebel against the generals to get a real army, to fight the enemy army, and overnight someone comes and just takes a vial a vaccine and injects all of those people that we would be the most likely to join the rebellion and just Paralyze them. Paralyze them with degeneracy, with distraction, and subversion. That's where we are right now. But before before we get to the big story of the day, of how we can't even keep a successful boycott. How about we push another successful boycott? (laughs) Boycott AT and T, Verizon, and T Mobile. It's that simple. Well, Daniel, what what other option do we have? Don't they have a monopoly? No, there's a fourth company, but it's the only American company, Christian conservative, wireless provider, Patriot Mobile. They've been with us for 10 years here, um, and they've only gotten bigger and stronger. You get the same coverage of all three major networks minus funding the left. In fact, they give a portion of their profits to uh, legal defense funds for free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, <laughs> And they're so easy to use because they have an English-speaking US-based customer team that will help you out. So you go to PatriotMobile.com slash CR, or better yet, (laughs) like I did, call 972-PATRIOT, get free activation with offer code CR. Again, make the switch today. Don't get stuck on stupid. Stop supporting our enemies. PatriotMobile.com slash CR, 972-PATRIOT, offer code CR. And speaking of supporting our enemies, so this is the story that my colleagues will not discuss, but it's the antecedent to all the other three. If you want to know why we struggle to pass anything good in the House, like impeachment Mayorkas, which in itself is a distraction, and you want to know all the problems with the RNC, And then if you want to brag about Nikki Haley being defeated, but actually Nikki Haley is not being defeated, because what does Nikki Haley embody? She embodies a Republican that will not confront the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter because they are owned by corporations. Well, out of nowhere, Trump has one of his psychotic rants on True Social saying it's time to stop boycotting. Uh, Bud Light, and it's time we use it. They're not a woke company. It's a great American company, even though it's actually a Belligan company. And uh, let's give them a second chance. That's kind of, that's the same language they use with jailbreak, the pro-criminal crap that Trump got roped into. And like I said, I planned on focusing. I was like, look, you do yours. You got your man. You get him elected for president. Fine. I'm going to focus down the ballot. On primaries, I'm gonna focus on the issues. I'm gonna focus on the legislative sessions, I'm gonna focus on a budget fight. But the problem is increasingly he gets in our lane. I I can't not focus on it because he gets in our lane. The few things we're doing independent of Trump that are successful he get he he gets in our way. and he has the clout. To destroy our people where a Nikki Haley, a Mitch McConnell, a Ronan McDaniel do not. Can you imagine if Nikki Haley came out and said, you know, let's, let's stop with the boycott. Okay? Could you imagine if Ron DeSantis said that? Right? But here, there was not a single rebuke. I watched it from all these guys. It's like it never happened. He comes out of nowhere. Now, as you're going to see, it's not out of nowhere. It's actually very strategically timed. But there's nothing like Bruce Jenner, who is Trump's trendy spokesman, subtweeting Trump's statement saying, as someone that worked for this incredible American company, again, it's not American, and got to know them very well. I raced for Anheuser-Busch in the 80s, and I agree with Donald Trump folks that is the embodiment of the make america gay again movement to subvert our movement and paralyze them like a poisonous scorpion from fighting back successfully whereas the the old establishment could have never done that but the new one succeeds now this is just this is not just a matter of this is probably our first most successful boycott because their, their, their beer stinks anyway. And there's tons of options and a lot of conservatives drink beer. So we had a lot of leverage where we usually don't. You know, like we have Patriot Mobile, but there aren't too many big products and services where we have enough market share or leverage or choice and competition to, to fight them. This is, it's not just that this is a critical issue. Of you know the tranny issue where we're actually winning on and it's it's you know critically vital to civilization, <clears throat> and rather than joining it, he has he has his own <laughs> you know you know so so that the, you can't make this stuff up. He's like, yeah, it's not a woke company. They just made a mistake. Had some stupid you know Dylan Mulvaney spokesman, and then he, Trump's own tranny spokesman. Comes out and like says, yeah, yeah, it's not, not, it's not a problem, but it's much bigger than a successful boycott and the tranny issue. It's every issue what this embodies. This is the point that nobody else will make. Politico headline: Trump on the eve of fundraiser with Anheuser Busch lobbyists defends company. Former President Trump offered an olive branch to Anheuser-Busch on Tuesday. The Bud Light ad was a mistake of epic proportion for the very big price was paid. But Anheuser-Busch is not a woke company. Great American brand, perhaps deserves a second chance. What do you think? Perhaps instead we should be going out after those companies that are looking to destroy America. Doesn't name any, but yeah. Um, Well, it comes as top Republican lobbyist for the company is set to host a fundraiser for, for the president next month, $10,000 a person with tickets. Jeff Miller, a close confident, confidant of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who built his Washington business during the Trump years, announced on X formerly Twitter on Tuesday that he would be hosting the fundraiser. So this is the... And by the way, we saw this coming the whole time. It's not just a second chance. Trump was never on board with this. Don Jr. praised them from day one then Tucker who's who's their lead priest and apostle he strategically brought out Dana White to pimp it and then Trump like very, uh, uh, Tucker very gently was like ah no really we should do Bud Light come on you know but he was laughing <coughs> this was all done by design and Bruce Jenner was promoting so now they come out officially they were building support for this so you're seeing a nexus between Kevin McCarthy the donors, and Trump, in this case, with anheuser Bush. okay? So, folks, again, this is not about Anheuser-Busch, in, in, you know, per se. This is not just about, some people might think, oh, yeah, yeah, Trump's kind of a, a social liberal. Maybe, maybe he, he doesn't care about that issue. Well, I mean, yeah, Rick Grenell, Bruce Jenner, I mean, that's kind of pretty obvious, but you're missing the point. It's about every issue, The entire problem, what the GOP represented, which was the impetus for Trump's rise in power, was that we were sick of the GOP. It's not just that they're liberal, but even if they personally aren't, they will never do what's right because they're bought out by the donors. That was the problem. Donald Trump got up there, and one of his biggest selling points, if you remember in 2016, is I'm independently wealthy. Nobody could buy me out. I know the game. I don't care, I don't need the money. So I'll just be able to get up there and not be PC and say what needs to be said. And people love that. And that's the the crux of why he won because the crux of what is wrong with the GOP is that they can't stand up to the donors. We say this all the time with why red states aren't red because the biggest companies are against us on the important issues. <coughs> and this by the way is why Trump supported Disney over, over DeSantis, if you remember that. People thought it was just being contrarian because DeSantis is opposing him, so now anything DeSantis does, he'll just take the opposite position. And while there's truth to that, there it, it was, it was a deeper thing going on there. He literally couldn't relate to DeSantis. Like, that's a great American company. Why are you bashing them? The, first of all, Trump also is, he he's a boomer, or or a late boomer, kind of borderline, silent generation. He's an (laughs) old-timer. All the people around him are like red pill, black pill, this and that. He actually, he respects these companies, like he respects J&J and Pfizer. This is what people don't understand. This is fiscal, it's national security, it's everything. It's not just social. The reason why Trump, when push came to shove, Gave in to the military-industrial complex. He gave in to the healthcare cartel, the vaccine cartel. He gave in every time. Oh, the, the the stock market needs to get what it needs, and the Federal Reserve needs to, you know, engage in monetary morphine. And oh, we can't have a government shutdown. We can't have go over the debt ceiling. Because. At the end of the day, he is the quintessential establishment businessman type that respects the very system that needs to be burned to the ground. He doesn't burn it to the ground. Just because he says you're fat and you're ugly, just because he has these psychotic, incoherent, low IQ riffs on social media doesn't make him (laughs) anti-establishment. It's so funny. It's almost like your bona fides for being anti-establishment is to be low IQ and stupid. He's just a stupider version of Nikki Haley. This is a big, big story. Those of you who think that he's going to burn it down this time, look at who he's surrounding himself with. Look at, and this is this is emblematic of his endorsements. He endorses the status quo unless it got very personal. See, Trump needs two things in endorsement. He needs to know he's going to win because that's all it's about, a winning record. And it's got to be personal. Well, naturally, when we're going up against an establishment, it's David versus Goliath. You're not going to have a poll showing a a challenger to an incumbent Republican up early on. It's never going to happen. That's why Trump's endorsement was needed as the great equalizer to support our guys against the establishment. And then, moreover, ninety percent of the time, and increasingly closer to 100% as time goes on, these guys aren't stupid, so they're just going to say nice things about him. They're not going to make it personal with Trump. And then they get his endorsement. By the way, you, you go down, this is from Ballotpedia, the list of his endorsements. You know, I'm looking at them. He's endorsed the entire Texas delegation, re-election for House. Except for except for Chip Roy. <laughs> He's the only one. Every Rhino. Pete Sessions. And by the way, some of these guys have challengers. Roger Williams is um a big member of the Rhino caucus. All these guys he endorsed. All the bad guys. You go down to last cycle. He endorsed every Rhino incumbent. And even in the open seat, he gave gave us Katie Britt over a much more conservative option in Alabama. You know, he endorsed Bozeman's re-election in Arkansas, Marco Rubio in Florida, Crapo in Idaho, Grassley in Iowa. We had a challenger there. Moran in in Kansas. (coughs) Um, Hoven in North Dakota. Lankford, okay, Lankford was only general, but every other one According to Ballopedia, was primary. Mark Wayne Mullen might be not quite as bad as Langford, but I tried to defeat him in primaries in his house seat. It's terrible. <coughs> Obviously, you had Mehmet Oz, who is terrible. Lost us the Senate seat, and he was worse than Fetterman, actually. Tim Scott. Every single one. I'm going down the list. And uh you know you go that that that's for senate governor was the same thing endorsed uh what do you call it um <coughs> what's his name what's that jerk's name in in ohio mike dewino so he got you know reelected so much for that and uh Kay Ivey in Alabama, Greg Abbott, and we we didn't have a chance. We didn't even have a chance. Um, you go to 2020. He endorsed Sullivan in Alaska, who was horrible, 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 horrible. Um, and Jim Risch in Idaho, Joni Ernst in Iowa, Mitch McConnell, obviously, in the primary too. By the way, Bill Cassidy, one of the worst ones, in the primary. Cindy Hyde Smith against Chris McDaniel, and all of these were primary. Tom Tillis in North Carolina, Lindsey Graham, Mike Rounds in South Dakota, John Cornyn. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. John Cornyn in Texas. <clears throat> and uh Shelly Moore Capito. Shelly Moore Capito in um in West Virginia. Every single Rhino. So we had no chance to even recruit. Um Roger Wicker in 20. I'm going back to 2018 now. Roger Wicker again. <laughs> so this is his second time he's endorsing Roger Wicker. It's unbelievable. But um <clears throat> You got him there. Let's see what else we got? Um Dev Fisher, another rhino who's who's in the cycle, Kevin Kramer. Another he's on a second round of endorsements. Mitt Romney, of course, when when there was a challenger. Barrasso again. The point is, unless it's personal, okay? And you see with Lankford now, everyone's all you know on board. When he gets involved in a piece of legislation and when he gets involved in a primary, you see what a difference it makes. But by and large, for every time Trump focused on the right issue, the right legislative play, or the right primary, there were 10 others he was on the wrong side of it, and they were usually the more impactful ones. And that's why the party <laughs> remains the way it does to this day. And let me go down, and I'm going to give you, now we're going to go down to the red states to give a briefing on where this stands. Let's start out with Wyoming. If you remember, Wyoming was the state where in this Colstead family that had their kid transed by, uh, or they didn't have it, the Montana Child Protective Services grabbed the kid <laughs> in a freaking state like Montana, takes her to Wyoming where in Wyoming, you could go and cut people's balls off. Why could you cut people's balls off? Because in Wyoming, we have a governor who's an animal leftist, and we have a speaker who's a leftist. These people, and again, I want to tell you, we're laughing at Nikki Haley. I'm not trying to exaggerate. These people are to the left of Nikki Haley in Wyoming. They're outright pro-transgender. Pro-transgender. I'm not kidding you. So, Republicans might have a 31 to 2 and 57 to 5 majorities, but we don't pay attention. So, last year, we had SF 0144, Chloe's law, to ban castration. It passed the Senate 26 to 5, as you would expect. We lost, what, three Republicans, but it passed. But Speaker Albert Summers just blocked the bill, refused to to pass it and what he did was rather than, where do you think something like this should go to the health committee, labor health instead he routed it to the appropriations committee, whoa that's kind of random well the reason is because you have the most liberal republicans there and it was given a do not pass recommendation and it was pigeonholed the bill was was killed (coughs) never passed so what they're artfully doing, and all the while the governor remains silent, but the governor supports the speaker. What they're doing now is they're trying to preempt the momentum in the country behind Chloe's Law and pass a fake bill, HB0063, that only bans physical castration, but not chemical castration. And then even on the physical side, it has a bunch of Uh, loopholes, and it has no enforcement mechanism. So they gutted it in multiple ways. That is sponsored by Representative Lloyd Larson. Okay? Senator Wendy Shuler, one of the state senators who is a co-sponsor, she literally said, this bill is a little less frightening for our medical folks. This is in, in Wyoming, the sitting Republicans believe that people like you and I are the radical, frightening people who want to ban chemical castration, this bill is a little less, you know, a little less frightening. Again, these these people are demonstrably to the left of, to the left of Nikki Haley. But because of the Trump endorsements over the years, and because of the distraction... And the white pilling of, oh, Papa's got us handled. We've gone backwards in our ability to do this. And and, and if not for people like Andy Roth and the State Freedom Caucus networks, we'd have nothing to work with. <coughs> so this is where we are. So again, it guts the enforcement mechanism. So the, the old bill would have um, uh, taken away the medical license of those who did this. This doesn't. It also leaves out nurses, mental health professionals, and insurance companies from uh, getting punished. As you all know, the mental health profession is really where, where they're doing it, because most of the kids who get roped in have mental illness. So that's like what we saw with Child Protective Services. And I didn't even know this. Oh, by the way, and then the bill uses the leftist language. It has sex assigned at birth, not assigned by God. It uses the language in the bill. Okay, this this is Wyoming, a state that voted for Trump and usually (coughs) votes for the Republican presidential nominee by a 40-point margin more than any other state, by the way. This is what they have there. I didn't even know this, but someone sent me, a friend of mine in Wyoming, Larson, the sponsor of the bill, there's a video of him bringing down a guy, Artemis Langford, and praising him as a great civic, you know, activist. Who is Artemis Langford? If you remember, this made national news. This was like the big six foot two guy that's shown, you know, pictured with a bunch of girls. He barreled his way into the sorority in University of Wyoming. So not only is that legal in the University of Wyoming to do that, but this guy was brought down to the Capitol and praised by this committee chairman in a chamber that Republicans control 57 to 5, and he's the lead sponsor of the fake transgender bill. Now, it gets worse. In Wyoming, Wellspring Health Access is offering chemical castrations. That happens to be an abortion clinic. So it, the funny thing was, I was speaking to a friend of mine who, was to, who told me this, and I said, oh wow. I was like, oh, so now the Wyoming Republicans, when we finally defeat them on abortion and ban abortion, so rather than shutting down, now they have a new purview, so instead of killing babies, they mutilate them, mutilate kids. And then she reminded me, she's like, no, Daniel, actually, they're doing both because uh, the anti-abortion law has been enjoined by a Tedden County judge, Meesa Owens, who just happens to be a radical leftist appointed by, you guessed it, Republican Governor Mark Gordon, the global warming dude. But if somehow we win in court eventually, the clinic will have a backup plan in Wyoming to uh, remain in business by by mutilating kids. You know, Wyoming's called the, the cowboy state, but in fact, it's the Brokeback Mountain version Of the cowboy state. Again, these are Republicans that make Nikki Haley look like Ron DeSantis. Of course, last year, if you remember, Speaker Summers passionately argued in favor of continuing to teach gender studies and queer theory at University of Wyoming. He blocked the Parental Rights and Education Act, which simply barred public school teachers in grades K through three from needlessly offering lessons on sexuality. All the while, Governor Gordon quietly encouraged the left-wing to tilt of the state as he gives speeches at Harvard promoting the global warming agenda. What's the lesson here? In this very state, Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney got 29% in her re-election in a primary when Hageman defeated her with the help of Trump. Because there we had a movement. You get what you fight for. We had movements over the years to fight for looser gun laws and lower taxes, and we more or less got that. And then we had a movement around Trump's personality, and we got that. That's what we are left with a party of that. So in the rare case where it aligned his personality and personal vendetta aligned with our interest in a primary, it worked like a charm. Almost every one. And Liz Cheney is a great example. But Mark Gordon, that same night, in August something 2022, won re-election by a 32-point margin against his challenger. Because we didn't have a movement behind that. In other words, people like Albert Summers, Larson, and Mark Gordon are to the left of Liz Cheney. They are to the left of Nikki Haley. But they continue to be the dominant factors in Wyoming and almost every other red state. Let me go on. You want to hear more? Let's move to South Dakota. A bizarre story here. So, you know, Christy Nome is a big hero, big, big hero. Right, she is touted as one of the top VP contenders. She's a MAGA hero, Trump all the way. South Dakota has a this is from NBC. South Dakota has apologized and must pay three hundred thousand to transgender activists. You heard that right? Um, uh, attorneys for the Transformation Project <laughs> announced the settlement Monday. The nonprofit sued last year after the state canceled the contract for a community health worker in december twenty twenty two the contract included roughly one hundred thirty six thousand state administered federal grant. The organization alleged that the state's decision was based purely on national politics citing gnome statements on conservative media outlet the daily signal and what this shows you is that they have stupid attorneys and stupid um Health directors that still promote the COVID shots, by the way, there, and agreed to a stupid settlement because they couldn't win in their own red state court. This is South Dakota. This is the opposite of what we're seeing in Florida. Secretary of Health Melissa Magstat put out a statement. On behalf of the state of South Dakota, I apologize that the Transformation Project's contract was terminated and for treating the Transformation Project differently. I want to emphasize that all South Dakotans are entitled to equal treatment under the law, regardless of their race, color, national origin, religion, disability, age, or sex. And there you go. That's South Dakota for you. Christy Noem's awesome. Gets the job done. Should I go on? Let's go to Oklahoma. We're picking the most conservative states. Here is a clip of Governor Kevin Stitt, one of my uh, one of my buddies that I like to hit. This guy loves jailbreak. He's in Oklahoma, like you think it would be all hands on deck getting rid of illegal immigration. Actually, no, he's pushing for driver's licenses for illegals. All hands on deck to um, interpose against the federal government on the issues that matter. All hands on deck to get rid of the biomedical security state. Nope. It's more jailbreak. This is a clip from Kevin Stitt's State of the State address yesterday about his crime initiatives. Take a listen here. We also believe in fair sentences, and we believe in second chances. We work hard to make sure we're prosecuting crimes and rehabilitating those with substance abuse and mental health struggles. And we're focusing on eliminating barriers for those who have served their time. With the efforts like the Sarah Stitt Act and our drug drug court system, we're now number two lowest in the nation in recidivism rates. Now we need to limit fines, fees, and court costs to only what is needed for restitution. Okay, folks, so you heard that. All these pro-criminal things, fair, not harsh sentencing. Now. If you if you listen to his words, it's hard to disagree with a word he's saying, but if you read between the lines and you understand what, what, what he's been pushing is, wait a minute, this is Oklahoma, so fair sentencing. Well, is he talking about January 6th, you know, draconian sentencing? No, I mean, this is not the feds, this is not New York, this is Oklahoma. Who is getting draconian sentencing? In fact, Oklahoma has an increase in crime because he's been pushing, he literally pushed a ballot initiative similar to that of California that basically legalized theft theft under $1,000. So you have that problem now. This is what he's spending his energy on. That on net, sentencing is too harsh. It's too hard, the restitution and, and all those buzzwords. So right on crime, that left-wing Koch brother, Trojan horse within the Republican Party and conservative intelligentsia praised this speech and put out all these clips on it so yeah that's what you have in oklahoma now let's move on to uh montana we have an update in the colstead family case this is from the montana sentinel sources close to the colstead family informed the montana sentinel that their daughter was moved to canada without parental consent and without the parents being told. Parents were notified on Monday, February 5th, that their daughter (coughs) was in Canada with her birth mother after she has already been moved from her location in Billings, Montana at the Youth Challenge Academy. The same sources inform the Sentinel that the birth mother who resides in Ontario has not been involved in their daughter's life for over seven years. If you remember, there's the birth father in Montana, and then the you know he's on a second marriage to a stepmother, but they they they're the ones who have been uh, taking care of her, so she's been moved to another country, out of Montana. So that's a, that's another winner there. A governor with a non-binary son, who if you remember last year, um, vetoed bipartisan overwhelming support behind a bill to require a judicial warrant before Child Family Services removes a kid. So yeah, I mean, good times, good times. By the way, Wyoming, just to get back to Wyoming, the Republican governor in Wyoming wants to jack up government spending by 12% in the budget he announced. That would be a 33% increase over five years. And this is true of all their state of the state addresses, all the governors this year, um, South Dakota too, Record, they're growing their governments, and no, it's not on like a state guard to interpose against the feds. It's growing their education and health bureaucracy to basically make their states gay. So no, we're not. So so now you can understand after this presentation why I'm just not interested in who's going to be the RNC chair. And by the way, the Trump people are actually pushing Kevin McCarthy. It's Orwellian. We're not winning this. We are not winning this. And there's a reason we're not winning this. Because we 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 have a movement and a party full of listless vessels that define their narrative on what's cool in a given day, what Trump supports in a given day. Now then we also have this reactionary politics. This trend of reactionary politics now. Where We have this click servitism, there's the click, you know, for grift, for clicks, C-L-I-C-K, but then there's also the Q-U, a click. They get around together and decide what is the important issue that they should focus on. And anything that Tucker talks about is the key issues of the time. Remember when Tucker said that, you know, I don't want to hear about Israel after you had the biggest massacre by an enemy, it's a shared enemy of the West, Again, you don't have to give them endless welfare, but just don't get in their way. And Biden is destroying them. But Tucker made it seem like Biden is siding with Israel. And he just completely misread that situation. He was like, we need to focus on the border. Stop with these foreign powers. And then since then, it's become a running joke that Tucker has barely done shows on America. Everyone is foreign. So he did Italy, Spain, Ireland, Germany. Um, I'm, I'm missing some. Argentina, Canada and now it's it's putin now look everyone's touting he's sitting down with putin and they're like you know he's like i'm being a journalist okay c- c- can we cut the crap out tucker is uh, the biggest thought leader on the right he's not a journalist okay like it- it's like me calling myself a journalist that's a joke he is he was selected by putin because he knows that he's going to give a fawning interview And he's going to give him everything that the right in America wants to hear. Putin's not stupid. So he's going to say base things and all the things we want to hear. Look, I am, I opposed the Ukraine grift of the first minute of the first hour of the first day of it. I even got emails from supporters who were disappointed in me. You know, people who emailed me like, no, no, you know, whatever, we got to worry about Putin. But it doesn't mean that we support Putin. Oh no! I'm just I'm just being even-handed. I'm, I'm giving him an interview, uh, dude. Stop BSing. It's become a coolness to obsess about. We we find people we want to obsess about: Andrew Tate, Bruce Jenner, and now Putin. Putin is not a friend. Okay, I don't think we should get involved either way. But I'm not going to sit and give him a platform. Like that's not what we need to be doing now. Imagine if Tucker would give a platform to Dan Eubanks to Bill Eigel. Focused on the primaries, focused on legislative session. Oh no, no, I'm just a journalist. I I don't get involved in that stuff. How do you trust a guy for whom we have private videos of him saying Trump is retarded and I can't wait until I, you know, don't have to cover the guy, to then a month later he goes to he's the greatest person around. Oh, the vaccines are terrible. They're the worst thing ever. But Ben Shapiro is the problem, not Donald Trump. Even there after Ben has um, you know. Sworn it off, but Trump has not, and Trump's a lot more relevant and kind of impactful. Do you think Tucker is going to chide him on the Bud Light stuff? No. In fact, he was used as a conduit for Dana White to support it while he could kind of like fake fight it. That whole movement is bankrupt. Again, I want to make it very clear. I have been passionate on this show, as you well know getting out of Afghanistan for years, all that stuff. But it doesn't mean we support Putin. It doesn't mean we allow the Houthis to close the shipping lanes and allow Iran to attack our soldiers um, without responding. Yeah, get our soldiers out of there, but, you know, blow them the hell up. And it doesn't mean that because the neocons are so annoying about other countries, we suddenly become anti-Israel and pro-Hamas. OK, you know, I mean, I mean, it's a false dichotomy. And and it's tough because, you know, the GOP establishment makes it a false dichotomy. Like, for example, you know, Mike Johnson put a bill on the on the House floor for, you know, 17 billion for Israel. That's not offset. So, you know, Chip Roy and a lot of very pro-Israel people voted against it. And I would I would have voted against it, too. So that's further fueling some of this reactionary sentiment on the right. But in fact, you know, because we don't have leadership, what we should have is part of the defund in the budget bill that they refuse to move off of and should pass only that bill March 1st that we defund the catch and release of the border. We should defund the UN, defund the two state diplomatic missions, the two state solution missions, defund all aid for Gaza, defund all aid for the Palestinian Authority. It's the policies that are har- harming Israel more. So that way you could be America first not make them into a welfare state, but stand with them against a common enemy. And common enemy, we have, bigly. We have a big common enemy. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for distractions. We need to put lead on the target where the target is at the time it matters. Let me give you, speaking of Israel, the embodiment of, of what America has become and why we have no time left. And we just need to fortify Red America, but we're not doing that. Story from Yahoo News. This is the embodiment of the rape of America. 26-year-old Palestinian migrant is facing hate crime charges in New York after police say he stole homeowners' U.S. and Israeli flags out of his yard and then beat the man to the ground while yelling anti-Semitic slurs. Turns out this guy came over the border in Arizona. You might think, Palestinian? Yes, that's what we're letting in over the border. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman told reporters, these are not the type of people who come to America like my great-grandparents did, like your great-grandparents and grandparents and parents who came to America to kiss the ground. Instead, they spit on our flag, they trample our, our values, and they commit crimes and do so at taxpayer expense. So he's a Palestinian from North Africa, Becher Lebab, and um, he was in a New York City migrant shelter. He was walking the street, grabbed someone's fl- like you know flag, like there was an I stand with Israel sign or something, and then a U.S. Israel flag grabbed it, and then when the guy ran after him, he beat him, and um, he actually was he was charged with a hate crime and he was held on 50,000 bail so that's, that's actually an improvement only because it was a stupid hate crime which I don't believe in you don't, you don't need to charge him with hate crime you charge him with being here illegally and then for aggravated assault and that alone he should be held on more than 50,000 but this is also th- this is what's happening in America But what would happen if this guy would get caught in a red state? They'd turn him over to ICE and ICE were to release him. This is why red states need to assume control. And we can't allow these fake people to merely take refuge in Trump's endorsement or personality and then continue the same racket that spawned the Trump movement to begin with. What we're doing is not working. Trump's getting in our way. Again, what happens in that general election is largely out of our control. The courts are going after him. As you can see, they they are going to indict him this year. The D.C. Circuit is making sure of that. I'm very skeptical that the Supreme Court is going to grant his appeal. And they'll drive down his numbers and drive it down. What's going to happen happens there. But could we finally envision a movement beyond him? Where we don't stand down, where we'll bash some obscure Republican for you know being bad on an issue, but then the guy that represents us, fifty million light years greater than the next, the second place Republican, literally drops a bomb on the best boycott on an important issue because he's enmeshed in their donors. Like I mean, talk about make. The GOP establishment grit again. Make the GOP modus operandi great again. I'm sorry. I didn't. I wanted to move on from him, but what am I supposed to do? Like, I, I could, I could stop bringing up old things, but he does new things. What I'm supposed to ignore that? These are the sorts of things. If we lose the presidential election, then we're going to have to succeed. Boycotts, and the culture, down the ballot races. But nope, at least we have our tranny. Make America gay again. Folks, this is the most Orwellian movement in the history of geopolitical affairs. And for one, I'm not going to shy away from calling it out because I'm not trying to just call out. We have an affirmative agenda. We focus a multitude of issues, multitude of strategies, states, the federal level, but when he gets in my way, I'm going to bulldoze that guy. And that should be true of anyone. It should always be about results, not one man. A nation of laws, not a nation of men, although that's what we've become. So, folks, thanks for bearing with me today. Tomorrow, I'll probably the voice will probably get even worse, so I'll, uh, I'll have a guest on. Let me know where you agree, disagree. DanielHurwitz at StartMail.com. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Till tomorrow. Micah six eight and God bless you all.